The Dad Presents, Episode 36, Bob Schneider, the sequel. It all starts right now. Bring me my motherfucking bread, bitch. Hello and welcome to The Dad Presents, episode number 36. How's everybody doing? This is B. I'm, of course, joined by J. Maddie. What's going on, fellas? And, of course, there's Dog. Hey, what's popping, everybody? Special, special, special interview coming up with one of our friends. We have actually friends on this show. We don't have friends in real life, but we have friends of the show. Bob Schneider. I don't know, Bobby. Is yeah, yeah. sit down with J. Maddie to talk about music and parenthood and death and all and kinds all, of good stuff. It, gets, it gets deep folks Damn. so if you're not ready just you know just tune out right now no don't tune out right now we need the money but listen it's been a while since we uh got together you know summertime does that we all have lives and vacations and such um checking in with everybody anything have any interesting things to share with the class uh, we spent the weekend in Havasu with the family and Sweet. and uh three other families had a good time but Havasu is not not the most uh, family-friendly place. Just a lot of titties everywhere. I, I think that's family-friendly. Well, milk. The boys enjoyed it. Some of the moms didn't didn't really because get of the into milk. it so much. Well, you know, to each his own. I, you know, if people want to walk around, you said they had pasties on. Is that what? That's pasties? the thing. There, it's a bunch of fifty-year-old divorced men in boats. They park them up on the on the on the banks, and then just girls <laughs> just come out with, with yeah, pasties, no tops, pasties, mm. pasties everywhere. Pasties for days. It's like a strip club right on the right on the beach there. Dog is trying to figure out why he's never made it to Havasu. He's I'm trying to figure that I've out. I've never made it to Havasu. I used to hear about Havasu all the time. Well, but I mean, not that for divorced men. I just, one reason would be is there's only three black people on oh, the whole okay. lake. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I haven't made it to Havasu. Yeah. Oh, that probably makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. he's he's booking reservations now for the Pasties. <laughs> you can roll in with me next time. I got your back. I got your six. Yeah. Well, I I joined Maddie two weeks ago for a family camping trip out in, right. near Santa Barbara, right? All right. right. And right. totally ruined his Christmas or his camping trip. Nah, <clears throat> Excuse nah. me. How did you do that? Well, we we came there, you know, black people don't camp really. So we came with the idea of they call it glamping, make it glamorous camping. So we instead of doing a tent, my wife and Maddie's wife figured out a way where we could get a cabin with a TV. Yeah, we didn't camp. We were going there camping. No, we ended up getting a cabin. Yeah, it was really definitely camp. Yeah. It was definitely once bougie. key once, once we got in, the wives was, uh, involved. Bougie. Yeah. Turn bougie. Well, my wife will camp. My yeah. wife will camp. It was it was once the black folk started oh, yeah. mixing in there. Oh, yeah, we ruined everything. Basically, historically, that's how it goes. So, anyway, <laughs> now that we're all caught up, let's try to figure out. Uh, we got parenting questions. We'll jump into the usual flow of the show. Jay Maddie, you're going to have to put it on pause and give me one minute to go into my email. Oh, you know all what? Right. You had one job. Yeah, one job. You had a lot of jobs. It. I had to get Bob. I had to prepare for Bob. I had to yeah. look at all those titties. I got a lot of jobs. I got a lot going on. <laughs> give me a minute. Right. Give me you, a minute. Are, you are absolved because of the titties. Um, let's see. Well, you know what? Let's talk about what every reasonable person is talking about today. Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers, folks. And this, I'm going to, I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm going to get rid of on this podcast. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, just a little bit. You know, uh, it's not as we speak right now and it could change in a minute. It's not a done deal yet, but it's feeling good here in Los Angeles. I'm wearing my Lakers 1987 shirt, which is my favorite Laker team of all time. The team of Michael Thompson and James Worthy and, uh, Byron Scott and Magic Johnson, the whole crew, Beat the Celtics. Beat the Celtics, Maddie. 
I got to find a question games. quick. Yeah. But Nobody wants to hear about I that. Just, I just hope me. Magic didn't fuck it up. Yeah, Matt. Well, that's sort but of that what slave talk, you know, that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> that slave talk. <laughs> I'm not going to be here. <laughs> okay, parenting question number one. <laughs> he, found coming, that, he found that shit quick. <laughs> coming, coming from Debbie. Oh, Debbie. In Virginia. Debbie. Hey, Debbie girl. How she says, we have a new baby girl. It's our first. Congratulations, Debbie. Congratulations. Sweet. Where do you guys reside on the whole vaccinating issue? Okay. A vaccine, you know, this is my thing. All right. There are, people are different. You know, there are people who went to medical school and the people who went to law school, the people who are plumbers. I didn't go to medical school. Okay. I didn't. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a science person. I didn't go that way. I tend to lean toward trusting people who've done it before. And it goes to that circumcision thing uh, also, like we talked about previously. When doctors tell you, they're not cutting off little boys' dicks just to cut them off. They're telling you, hey, there's a health issue here. This is why we need to cut it off. Dr. Ashley set me straight, so I'm not even going to argue with you there, on that there, there you go. And you see, and that's sort of the same thing here, is that you, you're, you, whenever you're up against a question like this, you always got to ask yourself, well, why would doctors tell me to vaccinate my kids if I didn't need it? Is it the thrill that doctors get? That, that's the question you have to ask yourself. A lot of people jump into conspiracy theories, stuff like that. Yeah. Listen to the doctors. Folks. Okay, I agree 100%. Sure. Um, I agree 100%. But let me throw this at you. Okay. Yeah, vac- people, vaccinate your kids. Mm-hmm. But here's why people don't trust it's because mm-hmm. the government has lied to us and they've been caught in lies. And when you lie and you get caught in a lie, you lose trust. Sure. And people have stopped trusting the government. So when it's something like vaccinations, which by all means to me seems like something we should do, you know, it prevents diseases. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't trust it. They think they're putting shit in there. They think, you know, we have the government lied to us about um, the periodic uh, table of uh, foods, uh, what you're supposed to eat, right? They lied about that. They lied about Cuba. They lied about the Gulf of Tonkin. They've lied and they've been caught in these lies and it's well documented. Mm-hmm. So they lose a little credibility. So that's where these kind of conspiracy theories come from. But yeah. vaccinate your kids. Well, mm-hmm. I just believe it's uh, hereditary to me. You know, um, if I, I don't believe in just pushing shit through your body if you're not sick or anything like that. But, hey, you know, if if the mother, if, if you were vaccinated growing up, vaccinate your child. If not, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so... That's you're saying, mm-hmm, but you don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. No, I just well, no, say I'm it's, it's, just saying I hear him. That's your kind way of ignoring I, him? I, I, no, no. <laughs> no, I figure it's it's hereditary, though. You know? It, yeah. Shit, if my mom was vaccinated growing up, and shit, vaccinate me. Mm-hmm. If nothing happened to her. You know, if I had a child or baby, and I, I've never yeah, been but vaccinated. Yeah, but the problem right? is. I've never been vaccinated, and I've mm-hmm. been healthy. I'm not going to vaccinate my child. Right, but the problem is when enough people in the population don't vaccinate their child, those diseases start to rise up again. And we're seeing that right now with the measles. They're making a comeback. We got other diseases making a comeback because sure. such a large segment of the population is saying, I'm not going to vaccinate. Yeah. If I you got like 90% vaccinated, man. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. I don't vaccinate People don't trust it. you shit like flu, flu shots. I don't get that shit. Yeah, I do yeah. all that. Yeah. I don't the, do that the, shit. I've never the had flu the, shot is a little a more, times. little more lenient, right? Controversial because it doesn't always work. Cause it, you know, any flu season, there's 300 strands of the flu out there. Yeah. And when they vaccinate you, they're vaccinating you for like two or three strands. So it right. doesn't necessarily work. But all those other ones, I mean, they, they work. They Go work. do it. Go do it. All right. Yeah. Question number two. Number two. Thank you, Debbie. All right. We got Amanda from Nevada. Mm. And she says, I'm a, I have two kids. Yeah. And we're struggling financially. Um, but I want to stay at home. 
Mm-hmm. My husband wants me to keep working. Sure. Because of the struggles. Mm-hmm. What to do? Oh, wow. Okay, well, you guys got to have a conversation. And you got to figure out what kind of family are you going to have? Is, are you going to go for the Cadillac version of the family where, you know, the ends are meeting, you got two salaries coming in? Or are you going to go for the Volkswagen bug, you know, <laughs> version of the family? You know, it's great if you could be at home with your kids as much as you can. I think everybody prefers that. The reality is of it for most Americans, most people all over the world, is that you got to, somebody's got to pay these bills. And so, and you're, you look at it as, well, yeah, it's good for the kids for me to be at home. It's also good for the kids if they have a future in terms of college funds or tuition or just food on the table. So you and your husband have to have a conversation. And I think this is one of the things where you got to have, you got to talk to each other before you get married and have kids to sort of lay the groundwork before you make these decisions to have kids. Excuse me. I'm getting cough choked up here, but no, you, you have to have these sorts of conversations to lay the foundation because you might find out this person may not be someone you want to have a kid with, or there may be a different route you need to take. So that would be my advice. But you guys have to have a conversation to figure out what type of family you want. My yeah, best advice. You know, I just look at it straight like this. If, mm. You know, you still have a nice body and you're attractive <laughs> and stuff like that. You need to talk to your husband. Like, you know, at night you can go to that pole. You know, and, um, you know, hey, you can make a lot of change on that pole. You know, so, but, you know, but if not, just, you know, you could try to find out. You could work from home somehow. Yeah. You know, um Maybe get your bachelor's if you have your bachelor's, get your master's online, mm-hmm. and just you know work from home. Yeah, let me let me you get know, my find a way to work from home, or just go to that pole if your body's in t- tight. Let me get my best stripper announcer voice. Now coming to the stage, Amanda. Amanda. Guys, don't be cheap. Amanda's been working hard, hard for the money. Amanda, yeah, and your husband yes. understand. You know, your husband. <laughs> that, was, that was a good stripper voice. You've done that before. I have, but um. No, look, Amanda, Amanda, if you want to be home with your boys, if that's what's going to make you happy, that's what you got to do. Now, you got to talk about it with your husband. You got to make sure it's an actual possibility and make sure he's making enough money to cover the the basics, right? You got to cover the basics or you got to scale down your life. You know, if you want to stay at home, you might need to scale down some things, you know, a little less uh, nights out, uh, you know, maybe get rid of the cable. I don't know your exact situation. You weren't specific, but you got to do what makes you happy. And there's nothing better than being a parent. And if you want to be home with those kiddos, you get home with those kiddos. You only got one shot at it and uh, find a way to make it work. It's like, you know, you're going to hear from Bob later in the show. Make the best use of your time. You only got one shot at it. Yeah, you'll be a soccer mom in the morning and a stripper at night? Stop with that. Stop okay. with that. Amanda, Amanda's a good girl. Amanda's a, I know she lives in Vegas, but she's a good girl. She does. Oh, I didn't Nevada. even know she, she lives in Vegas. She lives in Nevada. I, that's well, the first thing I said. Oh, okay. You guys listen like that. the bride. No, I remember. Yeah. That's true. Wow. All right. Yeah. Let's get on to Bobby. God, I don't know Bobby. Bobby. One of my favorite guests we've ever had on the show is Bob Schneider. Uh, Maddie, as I mentioned before, sat and talked with him, and uh, we got him. So we're going to go ahead and play it. Here goes. All right, uh, Dad Heads, we got legendary Austin musician back on the show, Bob Schneider. Bob, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. How, how are things? How's the family? How's the touring? Uh, things are good. Things are good. Yeah. So, uh, Bob, you got, a, you got a daughter, you got a son. Um, you know, we're a, we're a parenting show. I've got two boys, so the first thing I want to ask you, I want to ask you a couple parenting questions. 
Um, the bride and I were trying for a girl, and you know she's wearing me out with it. But I've I've got two boys. I've raised them mostly the same. They're both great kids, but personality wise, they couldn't be more different from each other. They're like crazy opposites, and I think that speaks more to the nature part of the nature versus nurture. So with a boy and a girl, um, has your parenting style differed between the two of them at all? Yeah, it it has for sure. Um, I think with uh, with boys, there's that thing where you want them to be like you know, you you know, you want them to be tough and and not you know be pussies and shit like that. And uh, and with girls, you just don't have any of that. So there's with guys, and guys, you know that eventually they're going to come and they're going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, not literally, but figuratively, they're going to come try to take over. Oh yeah, uh, and be the king, yep. and then you've got to go slink off into the jungle and die. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. I mean, my so, seven-year-old's already so flexed there. on me a couple times. He's he stepped up yeah, to yeah. me a couple times. So yeah, I mean, in the teen years, they're definitely coming for you. And my boys are in jujitsu, so at some point, and I'm an old man, they're going to be able to overtake me for sure. Um, oh, they're going to fuck you up, dude. Yeah, I know. They're going to kick your ass. They're, they're going to take turns kicking your ass if they're both <laughs> in the jujitsu. Are, are you, do you take martial arts? Are you a fighter? Oh, no, man. Well, I mean, I used to box a long time ago, but I have, I've got a replaced joint in my neck. I got one in my shoulder. I got one in my wrist. I'm a, I'm a freaking mess. So yeah, it's going to be trouble for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it will be. But if you were a fighter, you'll you'll fuck them up too. You, you guys will probably disfigure each. Other. You know, he'll probably disfigure one of your kids. The, whatever is the weaker of your two sons, you'll probably do some harm to him. <laughs> the other one will fuck you up. Right. Either way, it's not going to end well for either of you guys, you or your sons. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, with your girl, you're you're more uh, you dote over her a little more. Or what's what's the difference with how you are with her? Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing, there's nothing there that like stops me from just being, you know, I'm just in, just, you know, like I'm her dad. Like I'm, I'm just there to love her. I'm not there to like toughen her up or make sure, but, but her mom's really good at that, by the way. Um, my, my daughter's going to be a real serious badass when she grows older, just because my wife's such a badass. Yeah. So if it was just me, uh, I'd really be worried about the whole me too thing uh, with my daughter <laughs> because she wouldn't know how to protect herself at all. But with my wife, she's basically weaponizing her. Like That's I feel good. bad for anybody who tries to fuck with her when she gets older because it won't end well for them. Right, right. Well, I mean, hey, that's parenting, you know, like you balance each other out, right? Like if you were both like you or you were both like your wife, neither one of those would probably go well. You need both. You need the tough love and you need the, the cuddling. So, you know, that's how we are yeah. in my home too. Um, so um, another question, the bride and I, you know, we want our kids to have a great childhood. All parents want their kids to have a great childhood. And we, you know, we try to, to give them as much as we can, but we don't want to spoil them. Um, we, we vacation a lot. And we just got back from a weekend of boating on Havasu and they had an amazing time. But it starts to feel like these kids just expect these things rather than the things feeling special. And uh, as a successful musician, I'm sure your kids get some experiences that other kids don't. How do you how do you make sure they know like this is special? This is not normal. 
I actually want to go back to to when you you're calling your wife your your bride. How long have you guys been married? It sounds like you've <laughs> like literally been married for a week. Nah, man. Like uh, the like I have I stopped using the word bride after a week, yeah. and then it was just like uh, that <laughs> lady that lives with me, yeah, the woman that 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 is now the woman that you cohabit I guess, with. <laughs> yeah, the woman that's. She's my wife, but I don't refer to her as my bride. Yeah. Like that ended so quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, 12 years, how man. Long you, how long have 12 you guys years. been married? 12 years? Yeah. <laughs> and you're still calling her your bride? Yeah, she likes it. I like it. I think it's cute. Some people think it's cute. Some people it think it's disrespectful. So whatever. Fuck them. That's that's how we do no, it. No, no. I think... I, no, dude, it sounds like you guys are in love and it sounds pretty romantic. Like yeah. I, I, that's why I'm kind of stunned by it. Yeah. That I you're think still calling her I that. think it's romantic too, but some feminists have told me that it, it's, it's possessive. It makes her like my property when I say my bride, you know? Well, so. she is your property. I mean, she's your <laughs> wife, so you own her, you can do anything you want to right, her. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I traded yeah, three yeah. healthy cows to get her too. So. I yeah, mean. the law's on your side, dude. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> right. Um, you're you're fine. Yeah. You, you won't get into any trouble. Yeah, I'm not worried. With anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, so you think your kids are expecting this like special boating treatment every weekend? No, no. I just uh, feel like, like... I feel like they expect something. Like, they. it's just not... You know, we went on vacation when I was a kid, like once every two years. You know, I think that's pretty standard. We're going all the time. That's where we spend our money. We, we try to create experiences, go places, do things. And I think it's just starting to get normal for them. Like we went camping the weekend before. Then we, we went to Havasu. When we get back, we're pulling in. They're like, where are we going next weekend? I'm like, we're staying home, man. You know, like we're staying home. We're going to hang out. So, yeah, they, they're starting to expect it. Yeah, I don't I don't like to go on vacations. My wife on the other hand loves you notice I said wife and not bride. You just won't hear me say bride, by the way. <laughs> it's just wife. I feel like wife is the kindest thing I can call my wife. Anyways, um she loves to travel. She loves to go on vacation. My life at home is a vacation. Like I get to do what I want, which is like write songs, make art, hang out. We live in a nice place out in the country, so like anything that takes me away from here is a step down. Yeah. yeah. So I hate, I hate going on vacation. Like this last weekend I had a gig in Seattle and then another one in Vail. So I took, took uh, my wife and daughter with me and it was the longest weekend of all time. Right. And I, I, because like they're wanting to do stuff, go around, check out things. And I'm like, Oh man, I gotta, I got to get ready for a show. I can't be like doing stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, Um, let's be real. You're, you're, you're traveling all the time for work. So when you're not, when you're not doing that, you probably don't want to do that. Plus vacation. If if we're being honest, vacation, it's a lot of work for, for the parents. You know, it's a lot of work to get everything together, to keep the kids in line and keep them in, you know, it's work. So yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. If I if I was yeah, traveling not, 150 dates a year, I wouldn't want to be going on vacation either. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. I mean, but I I've never liked going on vacation even before I had kids. Uh it's just something I'm not I don't know, just It's just some it's not something I find like it's just not fun. 
Yeah. I, my life is way more fun than going somewhere that's strange and new where I have to like figure shit out. I'm like, I don't want to figure anything out. Like right. I'm, I like to know where everything is and, uh, that works for me. And then, you know, if I'm like, Oh, you know, in a new place and I'm like, gotta yelp everything. I'm like, no, yeah, it doesn't work. I know that sounds boring as fuck. And I no. guess I am probably, no, no, as I, you know, I think you more, get, but, I think more men feel that way. Women, women, not to generalize, but I'm about to, they, they love to travel and, you know, see new things and be excited. And I think most men would rather stay home. Um, you know, yeah, I enjoy- you know what women really, you know what women really love? What's that? Is when men generalize about them. <laughs> I know. I that's know their favorite. Do. That's their favorite thing. Yep. Yeah, I know. I, I found Especially that out. Into- yep. Yep. And I keep doing it too. So I'm learning. Um, so let, let's, let's pivot to the music a little bit. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, you're a fun guy. You write a, a ton of fun music and, but your last two albums, King Kong and uh, Blood and Bones, they've had a little more of a serious vibe to them. You know, a little more, little more, just a little more chill. I, I felt like they were more serious anyway. Is there any reason for that? Uh, I think all my records are pretty like, they're kind of dark and, and and light. That, I mean, I mix. I mean, I mean, I I realized recently like that all of the songs that I write and most of the songs that I put on my records have a subversive quality to them. But I keep it really sort of not hidden, but I disguise the subversive qualities of the lyrics or the music in in a way that like people will listen to them and they're like, Oh, that's a nice little fun song. But really, if you, if you take a real look at it, you're like, Oh, oh that's uh it's pretty dark. Yeah. There's some darkness there. Yeah. I've picked up on that. So, you kind of hide the darkness with some uh, humor. You bury it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like combining the two. My favorite is like real sad with funny. So if I can get somebody to maybe laugh during a song, but then also, feel real sad or, or melancholy in the same song, then I'm, then that's what I'm going for. Like if I can switch the emotional feeling that the person's having when they're listening to like a three minute song, then I'm like, ah, that's a home run. Yeah, man, that that's art. That's like the best movies will make you laugh and make you cry. Right. They, they take you on a whirlwind trip. Yeah. Same with music, same with, same with any art really. So, yeah. Dude, I just started watching this movie on Amazon Prime called Daybreak. I don't know what the French Date the rape? French <laughs> No, it's called Daybreak. Good God. Oh, okay. Daybreak. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. No, it's called Daybreak, but the French title is like four words. I don't know why it took him four words to say the word daybreak, but it's like some movie from maybe the thirties or uh-huh. at the latest, maybe the early forties. And, uh, it's this guy and he's like, meets this chick. Well, it starts out where this guy kills this guy and then you don't know why he killed him. And, uh, it's just like an old, like film noir movie that you'd see in America, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of flirting around with these people, like wanting to have sex with each other. And then at one point the guy walks into this room and this chick that he's dating is straight up naked. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you're like, oh, yeah, the French. Right. The fucking oh, French, yeah. oh, dude. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. No. no. 
No. Oh my god! There was, I was I yeah, was watching, was a period with, when I was watching with my wife, and we were we were laughing just so hard when that shit happened. Yeah, yeah. There was a period when the bride and I were into foreign films, and we'd see some French films, and they're they're, they're fuck with your head a little bit, but it's good. It's good. It's good. To, it wakes you well, up a little it, bit. It's, it's just. Good. Well, it's just so weird because it's such an old film. You just don't expect that, you know, because all the American films were pretty cleaned up. Oh, um, yeah. Separate especially beds. Especially around that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Separate beds and no cuss words and yeah, yeah. They were they were a little bit ahead of us. Um, so you, you've also, you've sung, a, you've sung along a lot of fun songs about, you know, chasing girls, you know, chasing tail, right? But you've also written a lot of, absolute like heartbreakers like changing your mind and montgomery and blood and bones and when i hear a lyric like last time you were at the troubadour last year was the first time i heard uh blood and bones it's phenomenal and you got the lyric i wish i was a bird so i could build a nest in your hair and i could sing you to sleep every night and everywhere when i hear something like that i got a couple thoughts i'm like this is obviously a very passionate man who who loves fiercely and also this guy might be a stalker. So <laughs> do you consider yourself to be a romantic and are you a stalker? No. Well, no, a, I'm definitely not a stalker. <laughs> B, I'm definitely a romantic. No, I fall in love real hard, real quickly, almost instantly sometimes. Yeah. And I love, I love romance. I love the idea of falling in love. I love the idea of love at first sight and all that stuff. And, uh, that blood and bone song, you know, I wrote it after my daughter was born. I think a lot of my love songs now. They're about her. Uh, kind of, they're more about like, Hey, I love you. I want to support you. I want to take care of you. I want to make sure that you're okay. I want to do everything I can to make sure that that you're all right because okay. you mean the world to me. Whereas before I before I had my daughter, it was more like, let me get how, can I get some of that <laughs> right, pussy, right. and <laughs> then uh, and so there that was knocker. like, yeah. well, yeah, I mean that was that was like, hey, what can I get from you to make me feel better? And now it's more like, no, what can I do for you to to make sure that you're okay because i really deeply right. care about you right yeah i mean it's crazy so it's, how parenthood it's, it's different it's crazy how parenthood flips that switch in a man i mean for sure i don't even have girls and it did the same thing to me just having boys um and yeah that lyric now puts a different twist on that lyric when i think about it through that lens um it's, it's, it's beautiful um yeah so on on the drive home from from this weekend from havasu my kids introduced me to this game called would you rather um, have you ever played this? No. Okay. So it's like, it's like they say, would you, you know, it's a six hour drive. You do all kinds of crazy shit when you, yeah. Would you rather suck a dick or would yeah, you yeah, rather yeah. Yeah. like bite off your toe? Yeah. That's like, exactly what my seven year old asked me. I'll, would you I'll rather bite suck off a my dick? toe? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the game. So there's always dick sucking is always going to be, it's going to always be, it's always going to get homophobic at some point that game. Yeah. Well, when it's a bunch of dudes for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to keep it musically relative. All right. So I, I want, I want to throw a couple of these at you. Would you rather your next single be a number one billboard hit that makes you filthy rich, but you have to retire right after it or never get another hit again, but to continue to perform for as long as you want? Well, the latter for sure. I, for I sure. love what I do. Yeah. I, I know people that want to become successful 
so that they can stop doing what they're doing and do something else. I've never been that way. I've always just done exactly what I want to do. And I'll never stop doing it. My wife is like, what are you going to do after you retire? I'm like, I ain't doing shit because I ain't retiring. Right. I'm going to do this until I'm dead like Willie Nelson, except the only difference is I'll be writing new songs and playing them for super old people. And they'll be like, <laughs> play that song that you used to play back in the day. And I'll yeah. be like, go fuck yourself. I'm going to play this new song about being real old and not being able to poop right. Right, right. And, and you'll be rapping like, about it. I don't ready. like that song. I like the old song. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Well, man, if you feel that way, first of all, I'll be in the crowd at 80 dancing along to the, the song about not being able to shit right. Um, I'll be there. But if you feel that way, that's what you want to do. Consider yourself super lucky because almost nobody feels that way. So you're, well, you're on that's the, right the part path. that that's the part that I find so insane. Like you have this the most valuable thing in the world is not money, it's not a house, it's not your car, it's your time. Right. It's your life. Like you have this life and you can do anything you want with your life yeah. and your time. And the fact that people trade time for money I'm just like, what the fuck? And I get it. You're like, oh, I got kids. I got to take care of my kids. You don't need that much money to take care of your kids. You don't. No, you're like, right. Just live frugally. Like, don't use diapers. Have your kids shit in the woods. Live in a fucking tent. Right. Whatever you do, do what you love. If you're not doing what you love, then think about what you're doing and then do something else. Yeah, man. Well, you're so right. You're, you you nailed it, man. But I think I think there's a couple things going on there. One, you're you're raised with this idea that you gotta you gotta go you gotta go to school, then you go to college, and you get married, then you raise kids, and you take care of the kids. And then the other is that um, a lot of people just don't know what they want to do. They don't know themselves well enough, right? They they don't have any passions for anything, so they just go along with the flow, right? Um, and, and that, yeah. that is really and I, sad. And I, yeah. And I understand that some people find a lot of comfort in knowing, like some people like go, okay, I'm going to choose one of these paths because I know it's all been laid out for me. All I have to do is just connect the dots and then I'll have enough money to support my family, which is really all I care about. And I'll go on vacation, blah, blah, blah. And they find that sort of life very comforting. And, and that's fine. If, if, that's, if that's what you like, if you like your life and you like how comfortable it is and you like um, how sort of laid out it is for you, then that's great. Like it, that would not work for me. Like, in fact, I was thinking about it today and I was like, if I was in a profession where I knew what was going to happen for the rest of my life, I don't know what I'd do. I like the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. Like I could write, I don't know what I'm going to write. I don't know what I'm going to be playing uh, six months from now when I'm playing live. Like Mm -hmm. it's all a mystery, which is what I love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's inspiring what you're saying. Um, Hopefully people hear that and it gives them a little kick in the ass. And what, what you're saying about trading your time for money. I mean, basically it, that's prostitution. We're all, we're all trading our bodies for some service in exchange for money. And it sucks when you look at it that way, but that's, that's what we're doing. Right. 
And recent studies, like happiness studies, I don't know if you if you follow, but um, studies show that money does increase happiness up to a certain point, like something like up to like seventy thousand dollars. It increases happiness because it takes care of basic necessities, roof over your head, feeding your kids, giving them clothes. But after that, there's no correlation between money and happiness from like seventy thousand up to you know a million. No correlation. So I found that really interesting. It's like you need enough money to be comfortable and not have to worry about, you know, because stress, stress makes people unhappy. So you want to have those basic needs taken care of. But after that, people are just working 60 hours trying to get rich and, you know, consumerism. That doesn't do shit for you. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's the society we live in is telling us all the time, A, we should be happy. Like that should be something that you can achieve, which is impossible. You can only be happy some of the time. And then you're going to be happy as much as you're unhappy is how much happiness you can have. Like, so if you're super happy, you're going to be super sad. And that's the way it works. It's like a pendulum. So you, you can get the pendulum to like not have super wide swings to where you're like, not super unhappy and not super happy, but the best thing you can hope for is to get it to where you're like sort of happy sometimes and then sort of feeling shitty sometimes, but you can't have one without the other. And so the idea that you can be happy all the time, which we're told in our society, you can, as long as you have Taco Bell, Mitsubishi, uh, skin cream, um, what is it what's the what's the daily ed medications um <laughs> for him.com viagra cialis for daily use um yeah Zappos. I, I don't know what all the shit that you need to be happy you well, look, if you just pile all that shit on top of you then you can be happy all the time and it's bullshit well if it's you're, not true you if can you're only happy be happy for all part the, of the time if you're happy all the time are you even happy like you need to have some down times you need to be sad a little bit in order to recognize oh i'm feeling pretty good right now i'm happy right now so you need a comparison you can't be happy all the time or, or that's just now you're bored if you're happy all the time now you're bored and then you're unhappy again right well, it's impossible to do. You're, you're, there's equilibrium. Your brain has this equilibrium thing where as happy as you can possibly be, it's going to find your basically every time you have a pleasurable experience in your life, it's setting you up for the next time you want to have that pleasurable experience and you don't, you mm-hmm. now have displeasure because instead of just being like, uh, oh, I was cool with nothing happening here, but now that I expect pleasure and there's no pleasure, now I'm feeling displeasure. It's such a weird thing. It's like a drugs. Like the first time you do, I don't know what Coke or heroin or whatever drug it is that you decide you want to do. Like, it's amazing. That's the you're best like, time. Oh, that's the best drug yeah. in the world. And, and never then gets that good again. the next thing you know, you're just, you're just doing the drug to, to just be normal. And then mm-hmm. if you stop doing the drug, you're in real bad shape. And that's the same with happiness. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I often, speaking of that pendulum, I often in my life, I think about, you know, have I experienced the greatest pain or greatest loss that I'm ever going to experience? Or is that yet to come? Like I, I lay awake at night and I think about these things, you know, cause you, you don't know, like you could be on top of the world 
And life for me right now is pretty good, but you don't know what's around that corner. There's no idea. And that, that's a little scary. Oh, I, do, I, knew what's, I know what's around the corner. It's getting old or death and losing everybody that you love. Everybody that you love is going to die if you live long enough. I wrote a song called Everything You Love a while back. And the chorus is like, God will destroy everything you love if you live long enough. And people mm-hmm. thought that the whole song was about like me hating God or something. Right. No, I know the song. And it's, yep. it's so weird because that's, that's not what the song's about. The no. song's about if you stick around, here's this, here's what that song was about. The song's about me having a son. And then as soon as I had a son or a kid, it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. As soon as I had a boy, I realized, Oh my God, this person that I love with all my heart is going to die one day. Yep. Now, me dying, I don't give a shit about me dying. I mean, of course I do. I don't want to die, and I don't want anybody to kill me, and I don't and I don't want to die some weird death. I'm, but at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal because I don't care about myself at all. Now, my kids, that's all I love. That's the only thing that I truly love beyond everything in the world are my kids, and they are going to die. And when you realize that... Oh my God, dude, that is the fucking, that's heavy. Like that's a heavy thing to, to come to grips with. Now, when you get, that takes it back to what you're talking about, trading, trading time for money. Like, man, your time, your time is way more valuable than any money. Like you don't have much of it, you know? And, and yeah, you're going to die. Everybody you love will die. So make the best of that time. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty crazy. So yeah, so you've got that to look forward to. You've got either you dying or everybody that you know dying. So that's what you got to look forward to. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now that sounds horrible, especially in the society we live in where to be happy you're supposed to be dating the double mint twins or I don't know, enjoying uh, delicious uh two uh, or enjoying a, du- a delicious happy hour meal at TGIF with or whatever it is twins. with the, du- or whatever it is, the, that's what you're supposed to be doing. But here's the, here's the amazing thing. And here's the wonderful thing about life. Like I, you can do all that stuff and you get to do all that stuff and you'll do something approximating, approximating that when you're young. And then the older you get, the less of that you'll do and the more old shit you'll do. And then you'll just do all this shit when you get old, where your body will start to break down. You'll Mm -hmm. lose all your looks. You'll lose your friends. You'll lose, uh, you'll lose being attractive to the opposite sex. You'll, you'll get feeble and old, like all of these amazing experiences that you get to have as you get older, that young people don't get to experience. You have to get old to experience them. And they are amazing. And, uh, and I'm, I'm scared to death of all of it, Yeah, but it too. will be a profound experience that I'll get to have if I live long enough to have that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's, it's an amazing thing. And now I don't know what your spiritual beliefs are, but well, I, that's what I, I was going to say. It's, it's, uh, it's, terrifying and i think that's why people gravitate to religion it gives some comfort about those thoughts well i think you you have to create some sort of you have to have some sort of spiritual 
system in place, even if it's, even if the spiritual system is, you know what, when I die, it's the lights go out and that's it. And then I'm done because, which for me doesn't make sense. Cause I was brought up, you know, Catholic. So I believe in an afterlife. It's hard for me to not believe in an afterlife. So it's hard for me to believe that. But I, the thing I've realized recently is like, that's actually pretty comforting to think about like, oh, like there's no hell, there's no heaven, there's no like, oh, am I going to, you know, there's no like report card that you have to look at at the end of your life. You're just like, it's over. And then you can just chill out and and you're good. You don't have to worry anymore. So some people find that very comforting. Yeah, I don't find that comforting but you at have all. To f- yeah, I mean the the the, the uh, thought of just not existing and nothing. It just I can't wrap my head around it. It doesn't seem possible. So it sounds pretty terrifying. And you say you you believe in an afterlife, right? And I I want to believe in an afterlife. Like I I'm I'm hope let's say I'm hoping for an afterlife, but I don't know. And that's the scary part is the unknown. I don't know, you don't know. You know, we we're just guessing. We absolutely are guessing. But yeah. here's the thing. I think uh, either way, if it's lights out forever, that's fine. Cause I won't know it's lights out forever. It'll, that, that'll just be the way it is. And I won't, I won't be around and I won't know anything. And if there is an afterlife, then I'll just be doing whatever that afterlife thing is. Now, granted, I've been giving, I've been given a healthy dose of like hell fear, you know, mm-hmm. from, from, from Catholicism, religion. Yeah. Yep. But I don't, th- I don't think that's true. Now, I can't really get rid of that. That's like stuck in my brain. Me too. Even though intellectually I can go, well, that's stupid. There's right. no such thing as hell. Right. Like if, if you have children, there's nothing your children can do. Your children could come in with their jujitsu g- g- and fuck you up like hardcore, like break your spine. So you now you're in a wheelchair and you're shitting in a bag right. because that's probably what's going to happen to you, by the way, with these jujitsu sounds that you have. <laughs> but even then, when you're rolling around in your wheelchair and you're like, God damn it, I shouldn't have fucking paid for those martial arts lessons for these fuckers. Um, you're not going to you're not going to go. You know what? You both you are just. Not the weaker one, because the weaker one won't have broken your spine, but the stronger one, you're not going to go, hey, you got to go to hell forever. No, you'll be like, no, you get to go to heaven, even though you broke my spine, motherfucker. Yeah. And that's the way I, you know, when I think of God, especially when I think of Jesus, like Jesus ain't throwing anybody in hell. No, Jesus isn't. But what kind but, of Jesus is throwing people no, in hell? If no you way. believe in a Jesus that's throwing people in hell, come on. Yeah, but that Old Testament, that, that Old Testament God might. You know, so it de- it depends who has the authority yeah, but up there. <laughs> I don't. I'm not an Old Testament type dude. I'm a New Testament guy. I'm a yeah. Jesus guy. Yeah, I, Jesus well, definitely. Jesus is definitely my my uh, friend. Oh well, yeah. Jesus will be cool. I'm cool. I know. Anyways, I got I got I I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was 13 in the Baptist church. So I can't go to hell. Like right. um, even if there is a hell, I can't go. <laughs> so if you are if you are worried about hell, go to a Baptist church. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then never go back. Sure, <laughs> and never even go to church and do whatever the fuck you want. Right, that's, do whatever you want. That's my favorite. Like, that's all you have to do. Ups, yeah, have an upside down cross on your birthday cake. Guess what? <laughs> you're going to you're going to heaven. Yeah, so it's a good deal at Baptist yeah, church. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah. I know there's I know there's a few religious people listening to this right now and they're like, You're going to hell, motherfucker. Right. And I'll be like, Maybe, <laughs> but I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the people know, that are so, dude. I was at, I was in St. Louis and there was a guy on the street for six hours and all he was trying to do was save people from going to hell. And I was like, dude, that's so much. And I was like, what are you doing? Right. What do you believe in that you think God needs you out here to help people? Well, don't like, you, don't you clearly in this think way? those kind of people are, they're, they're a little bit off. Like someone, I mean, even yeah, yeah. The, the most religious people. No, the, and devout Catholics, they're not doing that. I think people like that are just a little bit off. They're off. Yeah. They're off for sure. So, Bob, I, I want to ask you something. Um, the, this conversation is making me think. Uh, yeah, you, you started a podcast I've been listening to. It's uh, I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. Great title. Dadheads, check it out. You said on a recent episode that um, you have a hard time dealing with emotions and expressing your emotions. But uh, when I when I hear some of your lyrics and I have a conversation with you that in depth about death and all that, that's not the vibe I get from you. What, what makes you say that? Well, I don't I don't think that I'm that I have such a hard time with it now. But I mean, I had to do a lot of work for a long time. I was completely unable to access how I was feeling, and the only way I could do it really was through writing songs. And I didn't even know I was doing it until kind of years later when I started looking at all these songs and going, you know, cause I'm making up all the stuff that happens. Like the, the, the thing, the events that occur in my songs don't happen in real life. I'm just making them up. But the emotions that you feel, they reflect how I'm feeling or how I was feeling at the time when I wrote the song. And mm-hmm. so for the longest time, that's really the only way I could kind of get that stuff out. But now I, I, I went to, I did a lot of individual therapy. And then what really helped me is I went to group therapy for seven years. And for seven years, once a week, I'd go into a group with seven other people and two counselors, four guys, four women. And uh, we would talk about our emotions. We would we would say, this is how I'm feeling right now. And then somebody would say something and it would bring up a feeling instead of me going, hey, go fuck yourself or I'm leaving, I would say, hey, I'm feeling really agitated or I'm really frustrated. And I would practice talking about my emotions with adults as an adult. And that exercise over the course of year after year after year allowed me to eventually get to a point where now I can go, oh yeah, this is how I'm feeling. Now, do I do that all the time? No. If I get super scared, I just get scared and kind of go back to the way that I used to do things when I was five or six. But a few minutes later or an hour later or a day later, I can go, oh, that's, that's what happened. But what I was feeling is this. So I've learned how to do it, but it took a lot of work. It didn't just magically happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a lot of people. I'm not like that. I've, I've always been very expressive. I think it's maybe because of the way I was, I was raised. I don't know. Um, but a lot of people, that's their default setting. That's my wife's default setting. And it, it does take work. Like you just bury the emotions or you, you bury your feelings and let out emotion like anger or, uh, or sadness rather than like letting, letting the feeling come up and, and talking about it and being honest with yourself. I don't think that's most people's default. 
Yeah. Well, the problem is, I mean, I was raised in a family where if you had some emotions, nobody was listening to my feelings or my emotions. They were like, shut the fuck up or I'm going to give you something that fucking really cry about. And yeah. so you just learn to like, well, that, that it, there's no, like, there's no good can come from me talking about how I'm feeling. So I'm just going to shut all that shit down, pretend that everything's hunky dory and, uh, and just act like everything's okay. And then you get to be an adult and you start doing that and that just turns into like all kinds of problems. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think uh, what you're talking about locking it down, I feel like that's more of a old school kind of raising children type of type of method. I think, uh, newer parents, our generation, we're not doing it that way as much. So do you think maybe that's something that's getting better in society? I think people, you think, I feel like my kids are better at emoting even, even than I was. And I didn't really struggle with it. And I, I, I'm around their friends and most of their friends are, feel so much more mature emotionally than I was at their age. Um, so do you feel like that's something that's maybe getting better in society? Yeah. I mean, my son, when he's feeling something, he just expresses it. So if he's sad, he just starts crying. And I'm like, and every time it happens, at first I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But then I'm like, (laughs) oh, he's just doing what I'm doing, except he's expressing it. Now I have those same feelings. I feel like crying all the time, but I don't because I was raised like, it's not cool to cry. And if you cry, you're going to get in trouble or people are going to, you know, fuck with you or whatever it is. But I have those same feelings. I just don't express them the way he does. And, and, and because he's able to express them because he's able to get them out, they don't fester inside him and he's sad. And then he's not sad. He's just feeling how he's feeling. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think it's amazing. Like I learned so much by watching him, express how he's feeling. I'm like, wow, he's got this down. And I'm like, you know, even with all the practice and stuff, I still don't get in touch with how I'm feeling the way he does. Yeah. I think it's good. I think that it's society moving forward and I think it's healthy, but at the same time, there is some value in locking it down once in a while. And a lot of kids today like we might be going too far in the other direction. So I totally encourage my kids to share their emotions and, and talk about how they're feeling, but they also got to know when they should probably hold that in for their own benefit. And uh, that might be getting away from us a little bit. Well, I mean, I don't know. He's 14, so I'm not going to expect him to act like a full grown adult at 14. I think he's going through a lot of changes. You know, he's, right in the middle of puberty, there's all these changes to his brain chemistry that's going on. There's, you know, changes in his body and stuff. So I'm definitely not going to expect him to like keep, I I don't, I, I just let him do whatever he's doing. Now, if he's this way when he's 20 or 22 or 25, then I'll be like, Hey dude, you know, yeah, you got, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he will actually, mature and realize, um, I don't know though. I, I, you know, I don't know. I do think, I do think there is the, the big problem is this idea that the world cares about you. Like I have raised both my kids now with the idea that like they're special, 
Like everything they do, I love. Everything that they do, I praise them. Yeah, they're special the, to you and your wife, but you know what I mean? Like the rest of the world doesn't give a shit about them, right? So they got to they they be able to navigate that. Absolutely. And so I think that's the problem. I think you have all these kids who think that the world is going to think that they're special. And when the world doesn't, they're like, they're all pissed off all the time. And I'm like, uh, quit being pissed off. The only people that give a fuck about you are your parents. I don't like bring me my motherfucking bread, bitch. (laughs) You know, that's a dude I'm talking to. It's not a chick, by the way. It's a dude. It's a 22 year old dude who's working at Cheesecake Factory, and I'm like, "Bring me my motherfucking bread." That's right, you whiny douche. That's right. You can get away with that if it's a dude. If it, if it's a a girl, we're gonna have to hashtag me to you for that. But yeah, well, let me ask you what it's like. So I haven't I haven't gotten if to it those. was a, if it was a chick, I would I would I would use the uh, I would address her as cunt. By the way, I wouldn't <laughs> use the word bitch. I'd be bring me my bread, you fucking. Actually, cunt might be a little rough, well, actually, in that context. It depends. If you put it out in a British accent, you might get away with it. Then you might get uh, well, away with it. Australian. I think Jim <laughs> Jeffries gets yeah. away with it because he uses an Australian accent. There's yeah. like, I can't. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's an Australian thing. It doesn't mean the same thing as it does in America. Right, right. Yeah. Um, having a teenager, we're not there yet. Um, I just remember being a teen. And, and honestly, if I'm being honest with myself... My parents should have just locked me up in a cage and thrown raw meat in there for about three years and just, you know, let all the hormones settle. Like when those hormones start cooking, you're just it's chaos. It's chaos for a young boy, probably for a young girl, too. But I don't know. Don't have a vagina, but I imagine it's chaos for them, too. Um, What do you is your son getting to that point where he's just kind of losing it? And how are you dealing with that? I mean, he's definitely doesn't want to talk to me or, or I, I, I tell him all the time. I'm like, look, man, you're about to go through a bunch of shit that I had to go through. I've been through it. I've navigated all the waters. I'm here. I love you. I care about you. Uh, I have gone through everything. So I'm here. If you want to talk to somebody or, uh, you, you know, whatever. And he is like, okay, but right. he doesn't want to talk to me. And I, I just, I can't imagine him talking to me. I just, but I, I just remind him that I'm here for him. Yeah. But I mean, most of the time he's on his phone with his friends or he's got, he's got a girlfriend now, or he's, he's watching video games on YouTube or whatever the other thing that they watch video games on. And he's really into video games. Like he, he's really into Fortnite. He's got, he's on some team where he's like the team leader and, and like, he's killing it. I mean, he's kicking ass playing video games. So I'm like, man, whatever you do, like he loves it. And he's kicking ass. I'm like, great. Yeah. Kick ass. Love what you do. And I'm here if you need me. But I mean, that's just part of being a young man. It's like you got you're like, you gotta get away from your dad. You're like you so he's gotta do his thing. And yeah, I and you gotta I, be I, your own man. That's yeah, just I part think, of it. I feel like I th- I feel like you're handling that the the right way. And I feel like I'm a uh, I'll be honest, I feel like I'm a really good dad, but I can see myself at that stage just 
feeling sad. Like right now, those kids just kind of worship me. They love me. You know, they, I'm their hero. And for them to not want to hang with me on the weekend and throw the football around, it just makes me sad already. So how do you have, I mean, was it sad initially for you? And how do you cope with that? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. But I'm telling you, here's the other thing that happened. Like, I just got a call out of the blue because my son's actually in California with his mom and and his stepdad um, for like three weeks or whatever. And I just got a call out of the blue from him, which never happens. And I'm telling you, I was so over the moon just getting this call from him. Uh, so, yeah, it's sad. But, you know, I don't know. You just got to. You got to do your own thing. I, I don't know. It's uh, there's no. It's just part of. It's just part of part of the whole thing. I mean, uh, yeah. just because he doesn't necessarily want to connect with me at this stage in his life, it doesn't affect how I feel about him or 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 how much time I want to spend thinking about him. You know. Yeah. No. Sounds like you're doing it right, Bob. And uh, you. You've been a gracious guest here. We we love having you on, man. You're 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 funny, entertaining. Love the music. Um, we're gonna let you go in a minute. Um, I know you're. We're gonna see you at the Troubadour, I believe, in August out here in L.A. Uh, where can the people find you? Where can the fans of the Dad find you? Um, I mean, there's BobSchneider.com. That's got a bunch of information on. It's got all my tour dates. I am gonna be up and down the West Coast in July with the band. And I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's been a minute since I was out there with the band. I, I travel a lot solo now, but um, it's hard to get the band out on the road and we're doing like 12 days, which is a, the, probably the longest run I've done in years. Um, so we'll be out there. And then, of course, I've got that podcast that you mentioned, I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. That's on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. And then I have another thing called The Song Club, um, which is a podcast that comes out once a month. And then it's also a Patreon thing because, um, what I do is I release these, uh, demos that I do, uh, oh, eight demos a month. Oh, um, okay. so the song club is the, it, the thing you I, were doing years ago where like you'd write like a song a day with some of your buddies, right? Well, I actually, I don't write them with my buddies, but, but I have some songwriting friends and, um, and I've been doing this thing for 20 years now where wow. I'll come up with a phrase or, or somebody in the group will come up with a phrase. We send it out to each other. Then we all have a, a, a designated amount of time. It's usually a week. It's a week now. It used to be like a day or two, um, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and then you have to write a song and then we send them to each other in the group. And uh, and so because of that, I've written you know, thousand, I've probably written a couple thousand songs now. And, uh, and now you're releasing, that. you're releasing some of those through this podcast. Yeah. So through the, through Patreon, um, I'm releasing eight of those demos a month now. And, uh, and then I talk about the songs and, and just whatever, you know, uh, either where they came from or, or the process of creating the songs or just, who knows game of thrones or whatever the fuck I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, so that, that's amazing. That that, that's, so you can, you can also, yeah, that's going to make a lot of fans happy. I'm going to, ch- I didn't know that I'm going to check that out right after the show. I think that's great. And, and speaking on the song club, like I, that's awesome that you guys do that. Like a lot, one problem with a lot of artists, um, is they, they're artists, you know, they're, they're expressive people. 
Um, but they're not always the most, uh, the, sometimes some artists will wait for inspiration to fall upon them rather than just doing the work. And with this song club, you're like sitting down on a regular basis and forcing it. And sometimes you can force inspiration. So you're, you're, you're doing the work and that's gotta be a big reason why you've been so successful for such a long time. So I, th- I think that's super cool and I'm glad you're releasing them. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, I love doing it. I, I love songwriting and I, I found with every aspect of our life, if I'm accountable to someone or something, then I'm going to get it done. If I'm left to my own devices, I'm, I'm not good at getting stuff done. I don't have a ton of discipline, but if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm pretty good about following through with that. But if I'm just like, tell myself, Oh, I'm going to do that. Then I'm like, I can get real wishy-washy with myself, but when, when it's somebody else. So with the song club, I tell everybody in the song group, like, if you don't get your song in on Tuesday, I'm going to cut you from the group. But the only reason I say I'm going to cut you from the group is because that makes me have to turn in my song. And if yeah. I, if I didn't cut people from the group, then I could let myself slide and go, man, I don't have time to do it this week, but what'll end up happening. Cause they're due Tuesday night is I'll be, you know, I'll go into the studio at midnight on a Tuesday and I'll write a song by three o'clock in the morning and send it off because yeah. I have to. And no, uh, that's great. You, and, you say you're not disciplined. You that's, that's discipline for sure. Um, what, I mean, a song a week, what percentage, honestly, what percentage of these songs are just not good? That's a lot of well, songs. I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't think there's too many that are horrible. I think most of them are okay. I think most of the songs that I write are, are fine. They're, they're good. Uh, every once in a while, every once in a couple months, maybe every once in maybe 10 songs, I'll write a, a, a song that I'm really happy with that, that maybe I can play live that I can add to the set. And then yeah, maybe two or three times a year, maybe five times a year, maybe maybe five times a year I'll write something good. So yeah. So maybe it's one in 10, uh, are good enough to be added to the set list. But what ends up happening is, you know, I think a lot of people will write 12 songs over the course of a year and a half mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll go, Oh, these are 12 great songs and right. they're not, there's one good song and then 11 shitty, not shitty even, but just not good. And who gives a fuck about them really? Right. So, I'll write, I mean, even for this next record that I'm getting ready to do, I've, I've got 330 songs Jesus. that I've got in a, in a folder wow. to choose from. Now, You're going to be like Tupac written, after you die. There's going to be Bob Schneider music coming out till our grandkids are elderly. Well, again, songs. that's why I have this. Well, that's why I have this song club now. So I can kind of get the songs out quicker yeah. than, than having to wait. But but the the cool thing about having 300 songs is you know what the good songs are. When you yeah. have 300 songs, you don't know what the good songs are if you only got 12. You think they're all good. It's like kids. Like if you yeah. had 12 kids, there'd be like three kids that would be like stick out and go, those are those are the good kids. And the other right. kids would be like, eh, could, <laughs> those kids could use a little work. But if you only got two kids, you're like, oh, those kids are great. But even well, with two kids, you're kind of like, eh, like yeah, I like exactly. my weak, I like my weaker I like my weaker set a little better because I know that he's not going to make me shit in a bag in two years. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Bob. Thank you. 
so much. I've, I'm, I'm going to check out the song club as soon as we get off here. Um, thanks for coming on, man. We love you. I don't know, Bobby. Thanks, man. It was fun. All right. Take care. We'll be back with more on The Dad Presents after these words. Yo, B. What's happening? You notice how chill and sexy I'm looking right now? Uh, no comment on that. Well, you, you notice. Don't pretend you didn't notice. Mm, quite the opposite. <laughs> but what are you getting at? You want to know why I'm looking so chill and please, so sexy right now? Please stop talking and just tell me what, what you're <laughs> It's me undies. I'm feeling good. I'm wearing me undies. I feel good. And when you feel good, you look good. Are we really talking about your underwear right now? I'm talking about my underwear. I don't want to talk about your underwear. Me undies are the best underwear you can get out there. And our listeners, we got a code for you. If you want some me undies, if you want to feel fresh, if you want to look good, go to meundies.com. Use the code word friend. Buy 20 for 20% off. That's a bargain at any price. So you, you said these are the best underwear you can get? Look at me right now. I don't want to. Look at me. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Go to me undies. <laughs> do what he said with the code. Get them. They're great underwear. That's all I'm going to say about it. My nuts are so tight. I, I, you took it too far. Wish I could be your castle keep you safe from harm. You're, you know, you're making good money? You know, like, hey. Especially if you in Vegas, man, you go to Sapphire. <laughs> yeah. And we're continuing the uh, conversation. We coming out of the interview from Bob Schneider, which was, of course, a great interview. I don't we're, know about uh, it. Continuing the conversation of telling our uh, listeners to become strippers. Uh, but anyway, Maddie, again, great job, Thank Bob you. Schneider. Great get. <laughs> Bob, That's all, Bob. Job, man. Bob Maddie. Bob's amazing. He's a great musician. He, he's he's thoughtful. He's funny. Uh, it was a really good conversation. I enjoyed that. No, he's he's always class. I, you know what? When and you're gonna go see him in August, right? That's that, right. Maybe I'll go see Bobby. I like Bobby just because of the way he talks. He talks about being Bobby. I don't know I like Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, we'll go ahead. It's that time of the show where we get into the, uh, the events of the day, and we're lagging behind because we missed a couple of weeks, folks. So some of this stuff is a little old, but we felt like talking about it, so we're gonna go ahead and do Fuck it. it. Yeah, it's our rules. Um, the NBA, because we were talking about Kawhi Leonard earlier, and hopefully by the time the show airs, he's a Laker. But anyway, the NBA has moved away from using the term owner because of racial undertones. Oh, Jay Maddie, Jesus. what do you think about what, that, Jay? What Maddie? are they using instead of owner? They're going to use governor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which sounds, sounds like the same thing to me. Gov- governor Balmer? Governor. Sounds like Man. a slave owner. <laughs> That's the stupidest shit that I ever heard. sounds like a slave owner, like you're walking on a plantation. I mean... Come on. I have nothing to say about it. That's Governor. dumb. You don't dumb. like it? No. Th- this is this is my, my These point. These guys are making $150 million a, a year. Yeah. They They're not slaves. Respect. They're like, not slaves. I know, but this is, I'll let Dog go next, and then I'll finish it up. Go ahead, Doggy. No, I'm just saying uh, Donald Sterling started that shit. That's why I like that. He started what shit? You know, just like, because he feels like, he said, made the comments, I bought you this, or, you know, like he owned the Clippers, Look, the players. Re- the reality you know, is, he does right. He, he owns did, the team, but he blasted it like he was a slave master. No, yeah. CNN. Look, okay, Adam Silver is more uh, for the blacks because he knows the blacks in the NBA are the. Predominant. Does it offend you when you hear owner Steve Ballmer? Are you personally offended by that? No. Okay, because it's silly. I'm not, but It'll I'm just telling silly. you where this problem stemmed from. It's, it's from your other owner. No, we're over. That's where it stemmed from. Okay. And I don't that care where it stemmed from. It's te- an overreach. The Texans that passed mm-hmm. that said uh, some shit like- The inmates running the prison or yeah. whatever. Look at man. Yeah. I own, I own this iPad, sure. right? You are- owns that microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve Ballmer- Owns the motherfucking Clippers. That's yeah. just the reality. He's not the me. governor. Right. Nobody voted him into. I don't like governors. You, you can still be, sound you like be a man. governor without 
someone voting you in. But, I really, I really don't give a shit. They're just, it's just more of this over trying so hard to appeal to two percent of the population on Twitter who likes to make a stink about every little damn thing. Grow up. Well, this is where I love Adam Silver though, man. No, Adam Silver to bring this shit up. Yeah. I think he's not even human, that guy. This is what you call like a hockey assist. It's not the the pass that leads to the basket. It's the pass before the pass. The reason you have to do this. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah, you have to do it. Because what happens is in normal conversation, you talk to players and they say, well, you know, when they're talking about a Steve Ballmer, they'll refer to him as my owner. My owner. Okay. Well, and that makes certain they could people say the <laughs> owner. They could say the owner. They could. Yeah. You know, I got a black girl that works for me and sure. she called oh. me my owner. She's like, she was on the Ooh. phone in the room and she said, I'm going to put you through to my owner. Ooh. And yeah, it made me a little uncomfortable and also sure. gave me a boner. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I just said next time, just say the owner. Yeah. The owner. Yeah. Or my boss. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, and that's the thing. And so, and what happens is you have to make this sort of move before, like, just like what happened a couple of years ago with fantasy football. You had a bunch of white folks on ESPN sitting there auctioning off. They looked like they were auctioning off black people for a fantasy draft because they were all fantasy owners. So before this steamrolls into something, you know, that's horrible, people like Adam Silver, who has a tremendous amount of common sense, Adam Silver, if you're listening, you know, if you could spare a job, I'll work for you. But Adam Silver (laughs) um, sees things before they happen. And he says, no, we're not going to do this anymore. And that's why it makes people uncomfortable. It, you know, leads to things like that fantasy football auction on ESPN where everybody was basically auctioning off black people. It's a thing you do before things turn bad. That's what it is. And I it's needed. If the face of the NBA, if the guy was white, it wouldn't even be an issue. Yeah. So we yeah have they're, so they're not blacks. changing it in hockey, yeah, are they? Exactly. The no. face so, of the NBA is like, you know. But Dr- blacks. Draymond Green was on the shop talking to LeBron and John Stewart. And John Stewart's the only one who brought it up. We have a clip. I didn't even tell you guys we have a clip. But we had a clip. We'll listen to what they had to say about it. The fact that they still Sorry. call people with those teams owners, when does that change? That's a great question. Yeah, yeah. If you pay your money and own the team, what should you be called? Owner. You want to be an owner one day, right? <laughs> you you want to be called the owner when you buy your team? I own my own That's shit. Me. I like that word. Fuck that. <laughs> when, your, when your product is purely the labor of people, then owner sounds like something that is of a feudal nature. You shouldn't say owner. I, I agree. When you it's, think it's what do you mean you should say, Dre? CEO or chairman. When you think of a, a basketball team... Or you should, you should say majority shareholder. There you something go. like that. But when you think of That's a basketball team, team, like nobody don't think of the fucking Golden State Warriors and like think of that damn bridge. Like, they think of the players that make that team. Which bridge? The bridge is on the front of your jersey? Exactly. You don't even know what the fuck it's called. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's from the shop. And that was Draymond Green and Snoop and John Stewart and LeBron. Maverick. Maverick. Maverick LeBron's crew is wrecking shop, folks. Yeah, they, if, they, if, if, you don't, if you don't Maverick's understand it, LeBron should, Rich Paul's a beast. Yeah, these people have come to Los Angeles and just destroyed everything. They're, yeah, they're wrecking. Right. They got shows, movies, and Space Jam. That's and, how my crew would be. Yeah, we're you, about to you get a title. You can tell who picks the topics on this show, <laughs> and it's not, it's not the white guy. This is about the third clip you pulled from that stupid show. We love it. I've never seen a white guy on there. Has it been a white guy on John, John Stewart. Uh, John Stewart. John Stewart. I, 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 well, listen John to what Stewart's they said. Cool. Most of the black guys were okay with it. They were fine with it. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't okay? The the, the players. overly sensitive liberal white guy. Mm-hmm. Because that's who usually is overcorrecting in these situations. It's white guilt. Well, that's what it is. It's white guilt. 
it's it's totally fine to be an owner of a team. The issue is it bleeds into your normal conversation to where players begin to feel comfortable calling themselves, you know, referring to guys as my owner, and that could lead to other things. Not and right. we don't want that. All right. All right, so we'll stick with sports because we're in the sport mood, folks. Because the Lakers are coming back. I'm gonna mention Lakers. As yeah, Lake Show baby, Lake Show baby, coming back. Okay, anyway, Lavar Ball. Oh, okay. So he gets banned from ESPN after being accused. He's using it, and we'll. I'll let you know what I think about this. But he gets into some sort of back and forth with Molly Karam that I think seems harmless. I'll, we'll let you guys listen to it, and then we'll tell you. We'll we'll try to figure out if he should be banned from ESPN. LeVar, can I switch gears with you? Because I have a question here. You can here. switch gears with me anytime. Okay. <laughs> Let's stay oh focused Lord. here. All right. Okay, so that's basically what happened. And what I think is he got penalized more for how he said something than what he actually said. He was just, it, it's, if you paid attention to how he talks and how he is, he talks, he has his own, you know, sort of cadence in how he talks. I think he was just responding to what she just said. She said, hey, can we switch gears? He said, we could switch gears anytime. He's there to sell what he's selling. I don't think he should have been banned. I think it was harmless. I think people got overreacted. I think he should be, I mean, I don't think he adds much value to TV, but that should not be the reason he got banned. Yeah, but now in today's society, you have to apologize if she was offended. Yeah, you know, well, but I don't think he should have been banned. But nowadays, you know, it it, it takes an apology. Mm-hmm. You know, like if she felt offended, mm-hmm. he should apologize, just like Jalen Rose. Said. You think she felt offended? Yeah, because she said, "Let's get serious now." Yeah, she said, "Let's." You think focus. she was offended by that? I think so. No, I doubt it. Yeah, I, I think, I think so. she probably got pressured to feel offended. That's what I think. I think she probably got well, a bunch reacted, of stuff on Twitter, she, and she, she felt like she was right supposed away. to be offended. No, 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 she reacted right away. No, she, she reacted said, right away. Yeah. I think what she the the way he said it hit something in her brain to where she thought he meant something else, and she reacted before she listened to what he said. What all he did was repeat what she said. What is the worst case scenario here? He was flirting a little bit. That's the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. And I don't even okay. think he was is, flirting. I don't not, even think he was doing that. So what? Okay, let's yeah. let's go to worst case. Mm-hmm. He was flirting a little right. bit. Right, sure. That earns you the death penalty on ESPN. You're not allowed to flirt. What if it was uh what if it was um one of those Stephen A. Smith asked him that and he said it back in that same tone, same flirting. Thing. What if he's flirting with Stephen A. Smith? You gotta same kick thing. him off the network? Same thing. It it I think they overreacted. He he I think he gave a good statement after his through his publicist. He said she he basically said I was just responding to what she said. He said she said switch gears. I think he was flirting. I do. You but, do? Yeah, I don't. But if he did, well, it's no I big don't deal. know why anybody cares. Yeah. We're not allowed to flirt. We're 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 humans, man. We're not, not nowadays. Robots. You're not allowed to flirt on national. That's television. wrong. That's messed up. That's, it is. That, you're wrong. Me too you're... was messed up. But so the, this is what's well, this is not. It all this up. is not a me too well, thing. It, it trickles it's down from it. It trickles down. It from does it. trickle down. It's from it. it starts somewhere. Yeah. Yes, it started from that. But but we're going overboard. Like there's nothing wrong with a, a, a harmless little flirtation. He didn't he didn't comment on her tits or he didn't gra- try to grab her. He just right. Maybe flirted a little bit. Okay, well, if he's flirting on national TV, he's married, she's married, does that make it any... That's their business. That's their, but, yeah. this, but then it's everybody's business. Yeah, it's everybody's yeah. business. It's everybody's business, but I mean, that doesn't make it... That doesn't make it worse. That means maybe he's a shittier person, but it doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't make the act of flirting any worse. Yeah, I'm see, married. I flirt all the time. It's innocent. I don't. 
I'm not trying to accomplish anything. How do you flirt? Yeah, I'm, I'm, let's hear. I'm flirtatious. Let's, let's hear it. Let's let's, let's, let's let's see what you got. Give Come me on. an example. Let's go. You're looking pretty sweet over there, big boy. Ooh. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a big flirt, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's like you want to come over here and do yeah. something. Yeah, you put me on the spot. <laughs> you know, that's like I would never say like, that to a woman. That's like more than flirting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel really no. uncomfortable right now. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you, you put me on the spot, and I'm not used to flirting right, with large right. black men. Well, but yeah, not on not on Mondays anyway. Um, and, and, and anyway, what does switching gears mean sexual? Like, like I think it means go, go fast from the vagina and go to slow. The butt. Moving from vagina uh, to butt. We're gonna go flash. <laughs> we're gonna switch gears. You're gonna, you're gonna, uh, she's gonna get on top and go cowboy, uh, cowgirl on you or whatever. Uh, switching uh, gears is is changing. Uh, it's a you know the the manual, the stick shift, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, there, anything with cars has a little bit of a sexual connotation to it. Does it? Really? It almost sounds like it could have been in an R. Kelly song. Who cares? <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Move on. How many more basketball topics you got for no. our parenting audience? No, we're we're gonna we're gonna stay in the world of sports, sort of. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, no, man. Yeah, I love no, it. Skip it. No, 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 no. This is yeah, good. this I is sports, it. but you got to talk about it. OJ's on Twitter now, folks. The juice. The juice is on Twitter. He's he, he gets on Twitter. Hello, Twitter world. <laughs> and the first thing he says is that he's got a lot of getting even to do. <laughs> That's right, goddammit. What's up, my nigga? So the, the question I pose to my two co-hosts, do you follow OJ on Twitter? I do. You do? Yeah. As soon as I find no, out, I, I follow him. You don't follow him. I don't. Him. Well, shit. Is, Dude, is, I want to know if he's, if he's outside my nobody. house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's better than him following you home. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I've been toying with the idea of following, and, and you see, because I mean, he has got the jersey, man. Shit, I do still have my OJ since then. Follow him, but he's given us gems. He's already come out with, you know, there was a myth that Khloe Kardashian was his daughter. He already said no; he had never had any sexual attraction to Chris Jenner or that's, whatever. That's not he's true, not right? Chris down, yeah. That, well, that, I mean, I there know. was this like this rampant rumor that you know they put pictures of Khloe and OJ next to each other and be like, "That's definitely his kid." Yeah. So he dispelled that. He's also, you know what he he actually is there for? He's giving fantasy football advice. That's All how right. he's so and we do a fantasy football we show. We need to get him on our podcast. We do. That oh, that would be a get. Ooh. Or that might be the last thing we ever do. Fuck yeah. The juice. <laughs> the juice. A big black fantasy podcast is coming back, folks. Coming up this summer when folks get back to camp. Check your local listings. But anyway, so OJ's on Twitter. Um, I think eventually I'll find my way to follow him. But Anyway, we'll get on to parenting stuff because Matt is getting peeved. No, I'm good. You're good? He likes okay. the juice. He likes the juice. He likes OJ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, South Carolina. We'll go to South Carolina. Um, a mom was arrested after entering her elementary school and, in, and confronting her son's alleged bullies. So she gets, gets arrested. And actually, we'll correct the headline on that. This woman came into the school and her son was bullied and called gay and all this other stuff because his haircut... And so instead of finding the kids that did it, she just started sort of indiscriminately insulting kids. Like, she didn't even know if these kids are involved. So she got arrested. So she's going to teach them about bullying by being a bully. That's that's great. She should have got arrested because she should have went in that school and went to the office. Yeah. First of all. Checked in. What does she hope the end result of this outburst is going to be? Like anyone with any bit of sense about them knows that this kid's getting bullied three times as hard after his mama shows up and starts fighting his battles. Sure. He's definitely going to get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think in that situation, and we're, you know, talking about parenting stuff, I think your first step is to go to the teacher when you find out your kids, because you don't want to get into the politics of the classroom and make it look as though you're fighting your kids' battles. 
talk to the teacher. If any, if it continues, you go and find the parents of the child and you talk to them. Now, if you go one step further and it still continues, you go and get a kid who may be a little like in that age group who's tough or whatever, a family, a cousin, whatever, maybe even a little older. You send them to school and you have them beat up that kid. That's how you do it. <laughs> Those are yeah. the three steps you take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is more of that that new age parenting. They call it the the bulldozing parenting. You yeah, know, just just bulldoze every obstacle out of your kid's path. Like I've said it many times, I think bullies provide a service. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kid to be a bully. I don't necessarily want him to get bullied, but a little bit of bullying goes a long way to developing a kid to learn how to deal with this shitty world. Sure. It there there is some benefit to that, and there's ways parents to deal with it. I gave you the three steps. Well, you know, let me you know. Were you, you guys ever bullied? No, yeah, I was bullied. No, you were not. Yeah, who's messing with dogs? Who bullied you? You know, like I, you know, my boy Harold. We used to, Harold he, was everybody's bully. He was, he was everybody's. But I, used, I started whipping his ass though. Yeah, okay, well, so you, you know, stood so up to the like, bully. I stood punched up to the bully him, in the mouth. It was like this. It, it became love though. It became like you know, like oh, I got love. This motherfucker, like it's my. That's cool right. friend. Yeah. Exactly. You know, he's just you know that's how you the, just get tough love. That's yeah. the only thing. It was thing. more tough love than like oh, okay. nowadays it's like, you know, really bullying, talking down on somebody and talking about their parents. No, I think their, I think when we were know. coming up the bullying was physical and now oh, it's it was, like yeah, mental it warfare. It was physical, mm-hmm. but I had a good time though cuz I I I became tough. Mm-hmm. Right. And I fought back. So I'm saying. And then yeah. everything stopped once I started growing. Yeah, man. I was a, I was a little kid with a big mouth and I got bullied and uh I, I just I just kept coming, you know. I just kept I just kept coming, and I think I think I'm better for it. I think I'm better for it. I, I know how to I know how to navigate in the world when things aren't easy because I had my head shoved yeah, in a he, toilet with a fat turd. Yeah, but Harold used to fuck with everybody. Yeah, no, he Harold actually technically bullied me too. I know, not he, really though. Yeah, but we like he was more scared of you. Well, we we we're like in the fourth grade, and he's like. 30 years old. <laughs> and still, and still, he's about 60 now. <laughs> he looked 30, didn't he? <laughs> I hope he listens to this podcast. No, I had a cousin, Sean, who used to beat my ass just on sight, yeah. just because he thought I needed to be tougher. And thank you, Sean. And Bush, you, was, Sean. Bush, you Bush would be chosen. Bully me a little bit, yeah. my brother. Yeah, there you go. You so, know, yeah, but it wasn't it bad, though. So, you know, so, so just get a little benefit. tougher. You, your daughter comes home, she's crying, she's getting bullied. No, that's different. What are the steps you you're taking? Her. You don't yeah, touch her. You go through the steps. You go to the teacher first. If it continues, you go to the parent. If it still continues, you go find a kid her age, maybe a cousin, somebody a little older. You send them to the school to wait after school for them, and you scare the shit out of them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing those first two steps. I'm oh, you, not doing <laughs> you're just going to go? No, 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 no. I'm gonna, first, I'm going to find out how severe this bullying is. Sure. Now, is my kid's health and physical danger if not i'm gonna teach him how to defend himself i'm gonna teach him how to respond to a bully i'm Mm -hmm. gonna teach him all the shit you need to know how to deal with a bully how to deal with an aggressive boss how to deal with the you know shit like that i'm gonna let give him the tools to work it out on his own right now three months from now it's still happening he didn't take care of it then i get someone to beat the kid's ass sure yeah i'm and let me go reset i would go i would do what you did first i'd talk to the kid basically say hey look this is how you handle it if it becomes an issue, then you go to the teacher, then you go to the parents, then you, uh, you know, you take one on the kid. Yeah, I, I, don't bully little girls. I don't like that. Well, girls bully, bully harder other. than harder yeah, than boys. But I, I just don't like that. They do, mm-hmm. man. You don't like it. It's, it happens. I mean, they, they, girls in the in the digital age, the way they bully each other is different. They they will 
gossip and smear one another on social media and start rumors. You know, like back when I was in school, there was there was a rumor about some girl who uh, had a frozen hot dog break off in her vagina. Oh. And, you know, she was relentlessly <laughs> bullied yeah. through all of high school, right? Now I'm older, I realize that was probably not true. Right. But that's the kind of stuff girls do to each other. And now when they can just go and blast it to the world on social media... They're they're ruthless. But what and about boys bullying girls? It, that's terrible. Well, yeah, I don't think that's I've a big seen problem. that happen. I don't mm-hmm. think that's as big a problem. No, I'm sure it happens. It is a big problem because it could escalate into something later on in your life. Yeah. Like uh, assault. No, if boys are bullying. <laughs> yeah. Now that's different. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. boys are bullying yeah. girls, in the that's same when age, you need that's, that's when bad. you need to involve people right away. Yeah. 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 I agree. You can't that. have that. No. That's but I, I don't think that's the typical route of the bully. It's usually girl on girl, boy. Yeah, but boy it's on girl boy. on girl, she mm. can come out of it. Boy on boy, they should be able to come out of it. Yeah, but boy on girl, no. Yeah, and and speaking of this parent, she was arrested. Like I said, she got a charge of non-student interfering and faces a two thousand dollar fine. So there you go. She hopefully will learn her lesson. Probably not. Um. Oh, <laughs> we we always like to do stuff for women because we're trying to get more women listeners. We're we're friends to the females on the show, ladies. Um, there's stories, and we're trying to give you something to help yourselves. Late, lately, recently, there were two women that were hospitalized for using vacuums to try to end their periods early. Mm. So they're sticking the vacuum hose up the cooter right, <laughs> and sucking it up. Um, Every doctor in America, ladies, if you're doing this, please stop. The doctors tell you this is a horrible idea. They actually say that it gets so bad in some cases that you actually go into shock. And and it only relieves the period for just a little bit ago. So uh, any period stories there, Jay Maddie, you want to jump into? You want to talk about the period at all? No, nah, my period goes smoothly every time. You, you look like an easy flow kind of guy. Yeah. Doggy. That uh, just sounds sick. Yeah. And disgusting. A, yeah. So women don't yeah, just don't do it. Yeah. And I mean please. And while if you're ending it early, I'm assuming you're trying to have sex, because that's where my mind goes all the time. Is if you're trying to make it, I guess, neater. Hey, you know what? I've been one to part the Red Sea from time to time. It's not that bad. You figure it out. Man up. You got to do it. Up. Just man up and get in there. I'll I mean, get down there with my face. I don't give a fuck. See, oh, you're, you're brave. Shit. You're brave. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Got that lobster We, we, sauce we on. learned from your wife, I think it was on a <laughs> camping weekend, yeah. about how gay guys how basically, oh. they, don't, they don't go up there with a vacuum, but before sex, they got to clean all that out. They got to go up there and do the, the, uh, the douche and the enema. enema. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, logically, hey, I, I guess that makes sense, but I'd never heard that before your wife enlightened me. So yeah. Thank no. you. And speaking of that, we Now may, I know how to do it if I'm ever in that situation. Wow. We may have, and I don't want to jinx it, but we may have our first gay pe- person on the show. It's Who's uh, that? A friend of my wife's who was not circumcised until he was an adult a couple years ago. He says, he actually, you know, the reason I bring him on because he supports my point, but he may come on. We're going to try to get him on. Gay individual, circumcised late. He's going to tell you about nerves and nerve endings and all that other stuff, how it was, if I can get him. So I'm tracking him down. We'll see what we can do. Only if he dresses slutty. Otherwise, he's oh, not playing. No. Well, he does design clothes. That's not a stereotype at all, but that's what he does. He's a gay man who designs clothes. Who thought of that? Um, oh, my favorite part of the show, the other favorite part of the show, ask a cracker today. I got a question to ask, Maddie. Okay, are we He's ready? The only cracker in here. Yeah, he is. We we verified he is the only <laughs> cracker in the room. Maddie, I went to the dentist's office a couple weeks ago, and a white lady overheard me discussing my insurance information with the receptionist. Mm. 
When I sat down, the white lady immediately started asking me questions about my insurance. Why? Um, <laughs> she probably was assuming you were on Medi-Cal and she didn't want to have to pay for your benefits. <laughs> See, that's a simple No, nah, man. Fucking answer, I, right? First of all, I th- I'm pretty sure you asked this on the last podcast. No, I didn't. No? No. This sounds familiar. Well, because but you, second of all, you read it, but... Yeah. Oh, second of all, uh, that's not a white people thing. You, you, you This ask, ask a Cracker segment, you never do anything that's <laughs> typically white. Either that or I'm not typically white, because I, I don't want to talk to anyone in a dentist's office. I'm not... I'm minding my own business. I'm reading uh, Cosmopolitan or whatever the fuck's in there, and I'm trying sure. to get in and get out. Hit me with that that good dizzy sauce. Clean my teeth. I'm out. I don't want to talk to you. But it just seems there's more of a tendency... Like, dog. Would you ever in your wildest dreams overhear somebody talking about their personal information and then ask them about it after they finish talking about it? Never. Yeah. yeah I think that's a nosy grandma thing more than a, a cracker. Maybe. Thing. Well, I think we'll that's a nosy white person. No. Yeah, I think I, I don't know if you, you think you think uh, generalization. You think white people are nosier than more black people? More likely yes. to do something do you, like do that. Do you know any no, black no, no. women? Do you guys know any black women? Because they're pretty nosy. No, let me tell you, we're nosy, but nosy about different things. <clears throat> okay, we would not be nosy <laughs> about insurance. White people tend to be would be. They seem like they know, would man. be more nosy about something like this. Just right. off, I'm just saying. So what? What are black people nosy about? We're nosy about who's da- like who. Oh, uh, who's, who's baby daddy is that? Yeah. And is this, yeah. who shot who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's baby what daddy's are, in jail? Who's what baby daddy's sticking at home? What is the ghetto bird hovering over my house for? Yeah, yeah. that like those sorts in of my questions. neighborhood. Yeah, questions that can help you. Yeah, not this insurance, but that it just maybe, struck me as maybe she's just trying to make small talk. Maybe she was into you. Maybe that was her opening line. Maybe she had a black fantasy. Uh, uh, she has to make it come true. <laughs> she has a thing with a guy for guys who are on Blue Cross. <laughs> that's that's know, her man. target audience. But yeah, I found that odd. But anyway, we press on. Um getting into politics, Donald Trump Jr. Uh Donald Trump Jr. shared a tweet that claimed Kamala Harris was not black enough to be <laughs> discussing the plight of black Americans and then he later deleted the tweet, which is like the manliest thing you could ever do. Um you know, this is the thing. Well, she's black, so she's black enough. Sure. Stupid and, thing to say. And the thing is, okay, if you're saying... Well, she sucks. Yeah, well, if she's saying she's not black enough, what makes him the expert or the person who even wrote the thing? What makes him the expert? Did, they were white didn't people? he hear she got segregated and uh, bust into to schools? Didn't, did he not know? Well, he he wasn't listening to the debate. Liar. Or what a liar. Yeah. So, she's a parent. Parents of, uh, she has, her, her parents were immigrants, right? Uh, yeah, I think her dad. Her dad is, is a professor at Stanford or some shit. Yeah, and she didn't. She didn't come from no means. She yeah, wasn't they were getting immigrants. bust into to school. She went right. to. I guarantee she went to the best private school wherever. Was her dad black? Mother Actually, white, she went to high school what? in Canada, so she definitely well, wasn't bust in. This is the thing. You can't assume she didn't have hardship because despite but she the, didn't get bust in. She she's selling T-shirts with, with that. Tweet of her as the little girl. I mean, she's just a liar. We know this from before with the Tupac stuff, yeah. right? Uh, she's a phony. She's a total phony. Well, so that's why Donald Trump did that. No, but you see, the point is, is yeah, that he, he didn't say it right. Yeah, you know, well, he didn't say it right. Yeah, he's in no, in no position to judge no. whether she's black enough, no, no matter what not. her upbringing was. Of course not. Only, only I'm yeah. in that position. No, you're not in that <laughs> position either. But you know, he is the president of the United States. And well, no, it's his, son. It's, it's his son. It's his son, the yeah. junior. Oh, okay. So that was a bad look for him. But I mean, in a, in a oh, long succession of bad, bad looks. Yeah, so. he's sort of an <clears> asshole. But so, yeah, anyway. She can be black enough because she wears black on her skin. You yeah. don't know what hardship she faced yeah, you're because right. of that. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. All right. 
Moving on to Maddie's story. He sent me this. Julian Castro, who's one of the 999 people running for president, um, says that he said during the speech at the uh, debate that he supported the right to choose for trans women. But then he clarified it later and he met trans men. Um, if you guys give me a minute, I will play the bite. I should have pulled it up in a minute. And there it is. Okay. We'll let you guys listen to the bite and then we'll come back. Uh, I don't believe only in reproductive uh, freedom. I believe in reproductive justice. And, you know, what that means is that just because a woman, or let's also not forget someone in the trans community, a trans female, uh, is poor, doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to exercise that right to choose. Okay. So, Maddie, you have the floor. Yeah. This right here, that clip, that's all you need to know about today's Democratic Party. Just relentless pandering. <laughs> he doesn't... First of all, he he clarified it later after everybody corrected him. Sure. A trans woman doesn't have ovaries or uterus. <laughs> and he's advocating for paid abortions from government dollars for men. That's what he's advocating for. Yeah. So he's pandering. And... Again, the crowd went nuts. It was one of the loudest cheers of the night because that's what you have to do for Democrats now. You got to pander to them mm-hmm. with all this bullshit. You got you got um you got him, you got Beto, you got Cory Booker up there trying to have a Spanish off. They they're all speaking in Spanish. <laughs> like who the trying fuck? to get that vote? Yeah, who, well, first of all, who is watching a two-hour debate that doesn't speak English? Oh, who? Right. Who? Not one person? Are they speaking to one person out there who happened to go by the channel like at the wrong time? Who yeah. are they talking to? Then you got on on the the illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. If you put all their answers together, basically they want to no wall. They want to get rid of ICE. They want to decriminalize illegal immigration, and they want benefits for all the illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. Dude, are they trying to lose? That's what I want. Are they trying to lose? Like, there is no way with a platform of let all the illegals in and give them benefits and let's uh, pay for men to get abortions that a Democrat is going to win against Donald Trump. He will fucking slay any of these people. Yeah, you got some points. Dog, what's your take? Um, Dude, it's just like, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, just seriously, it, it it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, just like Maddie said, some they, he had to he had to come back and fix it later and all this shit. You know, I, the Democrats are just digging themselves a hole, man, for Trump to win. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, that's the bottom line. And I did like Cory Booker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But they're just digging themselves. Oh, Cory Booker's bragging about how he's from a neighborhood where people are getting shot. Then you got Bill de Blasio bragging about his black son. I mean, it was just, it was just, they're trying to one up each other for who had it the worst. Kamala Harris was a poor black child who had to get bust into schools. Liar. Like, <laughs> give me some substance. Tell me, tell me what you're going to do to improve the country. The only one, Tulsi Gabbard, they asked her a question about, um, the the unequal pay gap for women. And she just glossed over the question, did not answer it, chose not to answer it, and went on to talk about the wars. Mm-hmm. She's the only one out there speaking truth to power about... The rest of the Democrats now are pro-war, pro-war. And she's out there telling the truth about it. She's the only one for me. Yeah. 
No, the thing is, the pandering is part of the politics, part of the process. It's, it's at an all-time high, it, though. And it comes from both sides. It comes from it both does, sides. It does, for sure. So, but don't you feel like it's at an all-time high? I mean, did well, you watch those debates? Let's look, look at the reason it's at an all-time high, is that you have a president, and people have various opinions about him, but he has polarized the Democratic Party to a point where no. everything that is anti-him is great. And what happens is, is what you had there, where they are applauding without listening to what they're applauding for. Um, they're so anxious to have a change. And that could be anybody. But it's also dangerous because in these elections, the presidential elections, most people vote in these elections. You don't get, obviously, the same turnout in your municipal or state elections. Most people vote in these elections. The problem with that is, statistically, the, that means the most uneducated, easily influenced people vote. Which isn't encouraging sometimes because you're not get, you're getting people a lot of times to believe the last thing they heard, and I mean it is a you know obviously the election process is something the country's founded on. You can't get rid of that. I'm not advocating for that, but those are the facts. So in in all of this angst and all this uh, uh, aggressive aggression, you're actually creating another formula to give Trump the presidency because out of these twenty people, everybody's trying to show how. Uh, binary Latino slash uh, Hungarian slash left-handed slash yeah, that, that's the are. point it's getting to. They keep breaking it down to smaller and smaller sure. minority groups. To it, somebody's going to get up there and give some speech about a lesbian, one-legged, uh, non-binary <laughs> uh, female who identifies as a dog, yeah. and they'll be speaking to that one, one person. person. Sure. Yeah. And so you've created the formula for Trump Part Two because yeah. Yeah, Trump you, part two. Now, everything mm, you said is mm, mostly right, except you said Trump created this environment. Mm, and that's that's where you got it twisted, because Trump got elected mm -hmm. because of this environment. This shit was already going on with the end of Obama's term. You can the, the, make that point. The, the hating on middle-aged mm -hmm. white men yeah. was, was in full force, like the last two years of, of Obama's run, mm -hmm. and people got sick of it. And that's what got Trump his momentum when he got up there and basically said... This is stupid. You yeah, know? we're not. Uh, he and and instead of learning from that and speaking on ideas and telling you why they're going to be better than Trump, they're doubling down on stupid. Sure, doubling down, doing it way more than they did two years ago. No, you have a point. And but what I will say is that those claps that you heard for Castro were probably just as much anti-Trump than pro-Castro. It was like. Anything that yeah, says, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's where we are. Ah, and we end with politics. You got Anybody got anything else to add to this wonderful show we put together? Let's do this. No, all good. Yeah. I love you guys, man. This is great. Love you too, guys. Oh, man. Love you, dog. And we end on love. Got to end on beautiful. Uh, Jay Maddie, tell them where to find us on our various platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Dad Presents. Please go to iTunes, like, subscribe, follow, leave us a review, all that good stuff, and keep the parenting questions coming to Facebook.com at The Dad Presents. And one more time, I don't know, Bobby. Listening to his music, we might as well give him a shout out one more time. Bob Schneider, again, great friend of the show. Thanks for stopping by. Okay, folks. And until next time, take care of yourself, take care of your kids, take care of your family. That's the one. That's it. You can do it with me next time. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. We'll try to be back soon. Enjoy. Peace. Peace. Out. Right on.
selling all my cars in a ditch. Ain't that a bitch? My shoes in the garage, my socks are crew. I got my hands slipped back so I can check out shoes. I got some nice shit to say and it sounds so good. You wanna write it down so when you're back in the hood, you can check back with it. As hit the pot, makes me love to it all night. Open the mud house over in the club, y'all. We getting crumb, bling, bling. Got some love for you. Ass moving so fast, can't think. The big bus bouncing the bonus ink. I wish you was here, but I can't be sure. The night's all black and everything's a blur. I got my jacket on, smoking, looking like you got honey on my table and my shit's all insane. Ain't got 